You're listening to the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast, a show for pharmacist healthcare providers who have answered the call to practicing on purpose. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized HIV pharmacist, author, speaker, patient advocate, and president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, and your Conscious Pharmacist, Michelle Sherman. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Michelle Sherman, president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services and the host of the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast. Welcome to this incredible kickoff to 2023 and season three of the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast, where we're doing this incredible collaboration with Dr. Blair Tellemeyer and the Healing Medicine Show. It's a collaboration of both shows called Metamorphosis. Welcome to the show, Blair. Um, I, I can't wait for this series. I'm so excited to be here, Michelle. And yeah, this is the opener for season three of the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. So I'm really honored to be a part of this series to kind of launch the podcast for, for 2023. And this is also the first, the opening episode of the Healing Medicine Show for 2023. So I'm, I'm super, super excited about what we're here to talk about, which, you know, I think is really to attempt to take a few step backs, you know, steps back in order to give us more perspective as to where we want the future of, of pharmacy, the future of medicine and the future of healthcare to go. So thank you so much for having me. No, oh my gosh, my pleasure. Um, you know, as as we talk about the metamorphosis and um, the the changing shift, not only in our lives and in pharmacy and in in the world, this will be like a four part series. And this first episode that um, we we're on right now is innovation and healthcare reform. It's Let's open that can of worms and talk about innovation and healthcare reform and Ooh, beginning this. Reform, like we're already we're already digging in deep here, right? We'll uh, jump right in and get that cocoon warmed up. Yeah, I I started a conversation on LinkedIn the other day about what you perceive to be kind of the number one issue in in healthcare and in pharmacy. And I, I heard a lot of pharmacists that that were saying, you know, it's the working conditions. And there's right now, currently, 2023, uh, there's pharmacies, corporate chain pharmacies that are offering fifty to a hundred thousand dollar sign-on bonuses. And you know, when we when we ask the pharmacists what's going on, uh, what's going on there with, with the corporate chains and how are you feeling? They're saying I'm burned out. Uh, I'm being asked to do more with less resources. Um, I, I don't have the staff help to safely fill the number of prescriptions in the time that I'm being given to meet quality metrics and that you can keep your sign on bonuses. And yet what we're seeing in the media um, very much shares a different narrative 
around the pharmacist shortage. And what I'm hearing is pharmacists are saying there there is not a shortage of of willing licensed or there there's not a shortage of licensed professionals. There's a shortage of licensed professionals willing to be uh, in that sort of environment um, in their professional careers. And we're seeing nurses on strike. We're seeing physicians leaving primary care. We are really at this time where what I'm hearing is healthcare professionals for the first time ever really beginning to question the healthcare system we were born and raised into from the perspective of you know what is causing the the brokenness of this system and how do we as healthcare professionals stand in our truth and begin to really speak out about the changes that we are hoping to see for the future. And that's, that's really what I call healing medicine. And it, it starts with the inward journey, um, you know, and, and I've been on that inward journey personally for myself to, to really reconcile these two sides of, of my personality as a pharmacist, but also someone that is very intentional with medication use and has a much more holistic view of of medicine and healing than you would think a pharmacist would have. And and I know you share that as well, Michelle. No, absolutely. And you you know those sentiments you echo for about all our colleagues out there being stretched to the limit like overworked um this perceived shortage of pharmacists i mean what there is is a shortage of adequate jobs for pharmacists not a shortage of pharmacists and you know hopefully the media like tags onto that activity that that's what's really going on and when our colleagues are like you mentioned like forced to continue to work under these dire conditions that are not safe not safe for the the pharmacist for the health. I mean, we just read, um, you know, a couple of years ago, a pharmacist, she actually died on the job behind mm-hmm. the counter because they wouldn't let her go home. I mean, what what more dire situation could you get than like dying on the job? I mean, I like to compare our or look at our healthcare system like it's 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 unconscious and on life support. And how do we resuscitate the system that we have that's so corporate driven where everything is about the stockholders, our lives as citizens, our lives as pharmacists and, you know, people utilizing our healthcare system the way it is are really like part of the ticker tape of wall street. We're just, we're just profits. Prior authorizations get denied. Drugs don't get covered. Drugs get denied. And it, trickles down to, you know, these, you know, vertical integrated healthcare systems like some of these chains where they just cut back on the pharmacist, the pharmacists are giving vaccines, they're doing everything, all the services that the, the 
company requires while they're trying to fill hundreds of thousands of prescriptions a day. I mean, it's just completely unacceptable, completely unconscious. Each piece is disjointed. And us as pharmacists and healthcare providers are really, in my opinion, the key to pulling this all all together. So how how do we reform healthcare and take make it conscious, take it off life support so that literally we we don't have the most catastrophic healthcare system in the world. Yeah, we um we do have the number one healthcare system uh globally in spending. Other than that, we're not first placed in much of anything. And the life expectancy in the United States has gone down. So we now have a system that is over 70 years old that has not been integrated with conversations around lifestyle change. And I think that that is handcuffs that are being put on the healthcare professional to say, you need to treat this cardiometabolic disease and we're creating more and more medications. And now, now they're not piliform. Now they're injectable, you know, and we're creating this amazing technology. And there, again, there's a time and a place for, for the intervention of modern medicine. And thank goodness we have those interventions. You know, my husband has a mechanical steel heart valve. He wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a life-saving surgery and for medicines that he takes every single day for, you know, for his heart valve. And I think that we as healthcare professionals are feeling the effects of living in that disjointed system where we're being asked to be altruistic for the sake of maintaining these corporate profits, maintaining us as, you know, the number one spender in healthcare with you know, really, if you look at health outcomes, if you look at the health of the population, we're, we're, we change. But last time I looked, I think we were ranked uh, 46th most healthy country worldwide. And that's, that's not a statistic that I'm very proud of as a license holding healthcare professional in the U.S. And for for I think many professionals who are are feeling this misalignment, but not really sure what does that actually look like in practice. You know, there's there's not an incentive to change uh, for for insurance companies for for pharmaceutical companies there's no incentive to change the system so where is that incentive to change the system it has to come from really i think the the healers that are involved in the system to say you know what i think that there may be a better way here 
And, and that's the conversation that I think we're we're really introducing with this metamorphosis series. So as you know, as we're looking at what what does this emergence, what is what does this healthcare system look like if we were to reimagine it for the first time in 70 years, reimagine the nutritional recommendations. I mean, I'm not sure that anyone's going by the food guide pyramid anymore. Um, if we begin to have these conversations around the root of illness, and part of that is looking at our relationship with food, looking at our relationship with alcohol, looking at our relationships within our own lives. And when we become conscious of, of what's happening in the now, I think that that helps us to, to get a bit of better, you know, vision and clarity of what it is that we're, we're creating. No, absolutely. I think, you know, we have to look at the great advances in, in medicine and in pharmaceuticals and everything and, and really like balance it with like the fundamental ways and holistic and lifestyle and food and all those things, the way we did it 10,000 years ago. As, as human beings, our bodies are these magnificent organisms with hundreds of millions of, um, you know, processes and enzymes and just magnificent things that happen every day. And I think we, we, we're a little bit, um, you know, I, I don't know who we think we are that we've in 2023 figured it, figured it out that we've got the, the, the solutions because we have this incredible Western medicine that we need, but, um, we we have the system and um, we don't know all the answers. How can we? So being able to integrate all that together and look at the whole picture instead of just adding pills, adding pills, adding pills, never coming to the, the symptom of what's causing whatever's going on with the body in the first place and trying to address those things, mm. you know, and, and, and that, that sickness, if you will, you know, obviously has spilled over into our healthcare system that's just a profit-driven thing. When when you look at all these insurance companies that have hundreds of billions of dollars in profits and people are dying because they can't afford their insulin or they can't afford their the medicine, the life-saving medicines that they have, is that not like a testament to the catastrophic situation that we're in? Is healthcare is a fundamental right. You know, I, I always think, you know, a healthy, a, a healthy society is a wealthy society and it's got absolutely mm. nothing to do with money. You know, so, uh, you know, all these profit-driven systems we, that we have throughout the healthcare system and pieces where everybody's trying to grab a piece of the pie and at the yeah. end of the day, the patient is the one that suffers the most. I remember, I don't know, this was maybe mid to late 90s, the Human Genome Project. 
and they were talking about when we're able to uh, fully code the entire human genome with the Human Genome Project, then we'll be able to see the root cause of these diseases like, you know, Alzheimer's and, and find a cure for certain types of cancers. And I mean, we're, we're there. It's 2023. This is nearly 30 years later and we have access to genetic sequencing. And when I look at the data, I've run, I run genetic sequencing on myself. So I, um, you know, I think to kind of maybe start getting into our own personal stories, I think that looking looking at how the the genetic code affects the way we're metabolizing certain medications, I didn't I really didn't put that together. I'd learned about it in pharmacy school. We had we talked about the cytochrome P450 system. And it wasn't until I did a pharmacogenomics test on myself and found that I was, um, you know, I, I had a double mutation, a variation in my MTHFR677T gene, which basically means that I wasn't able to methylate uh, properly. And, you know, I remember, I'm also remembered back to pharmacy school, the methylation cycle and how, how big of an impact the methylation cycle has in cellular metabolism and putting all of this together and sharing it with pharmacists, it, it began sparking these connections of, of really, like you said, Michelle, seeing the body as a very interconnected system that it isn't so simple to block a sodium channel here and not see any effects elsewhere in the body. And is that the best way to, you know, to intervene? Uh, it is an option. But also, what is the proper duration of use of that medicine? Because if we look at most of the evidence, you know, the evidence-based medicine, first-line therapy for diabetes or first-line therapy for, um, for hypertension, all of those first-line therapies say in combination with a healthy diet and lifestyle. And that's the piece that kind of, you know, is the dot, dot, dot. Take your, take your diabetes medicine with a healthy diet and lifestyle. Not take your diabetes medicine and don't change anything because we can always increase the dose if it's not working. And that's the cycle that I think we're we've fallen into, you know, I, now I work a lot with, uh, with health tech startups and everybody's into AI. So how are we using AI to input this health data to help us have better outcomes for our patients? And I, you know, I just said, I, I don't need an AI to tell me 
how to get better health outcomes for our patients. I can tell you that right now. If you want to have a patient who has a better health outcome, the patient has to be invested in their own care. It cannot be a, um, you know, just do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. And I think our job as, as healthcare professionals is to have the time to sit down, to connect with our patients, to have these relationship-based conversations that's way longer than, than seven minutes. So seven minutes is the average physician-patient uh, visit in the United States. In the state of Florida, it's actually four minutes. And it's ridiculous to think that anyone could achieve a, a better health outcome in seven minutes uh, per visit. It's it's like, you know, those like seven minute abs videos or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like you might get seven, uh, you know, have seven minute abs if you do this. But, you know, if you continue eating an entire large pizza, as soon as you finish your workout, it's probably you're still probably not going to get the uh, the result that's that's shown on the front of the box. So I think, you know, this is kind of a great time to, to begin to think about what does that meaningful change look like and, and what does innovation in healthcare look like? So I think that's, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about here on, you know, on this series. No, ab ab absolutely. I mean, and, and slowing down to step back instead of the speeding up of our society. Now, like you say, medical visits are seven minutes in Florida. They're four minutes. Like, what can you do in that time? And even even on, on the patient side, it's just like, give me a pill. There's got to be a pill to fix everything. You know, I was reading the other day, they developing pills to so you don't have to exercise. Like, oh, my God. Like, we, we're no, going to be... You. Just like vegetables on the couch, you know, with thumbs that work to flip the the remote, you never have to get up, and it's it's just going to make this worse. So we really have to come back to who we are as as human beings. Be conscious, not only ourselves but the whole system as a whole. And you know, doctors, pharmacists have to be paid better to be able to see less patients to be able to engage one-on-one -on -one with the patient and make the difference. I'm, I'm sure you, every time I engage with the patient and um, do my assessments and consultations with patients, I, I mean, I'm astonished at the way they're so happy, like to A, get someone who's actually engaging with them in the first place, mm -hmm. talking to them and being able to answer all these questions and, provide a framework of whatever's going on with them to come up with solutions, whether, you know, it's, it's pharmaceutically based with a, a lot of the patients, but also what kind of modalities can they adopt in there to improve their health? You know, just even like a personal story on myself, like several years ago, I had a herniated L4 and L5 um, from you know, doing too much weights in the gym. And um, I went to physical therapy and it just wasn't, it really wasn't helping. And 
one Monday morning before I went to work, I was at the physical therapist and I literally couldn't walk. I couldn't pull my pants on. I, I just couldn't do anything. So the orthopedic surgeon that I'd seen before was in the medical building right next door, the physical therapist. So I somehow I got myself there or whatever, and he ordered an MRI. I'm lying on the floor in the MRI office like for two hours before they can take me with my legs up on a chair because I couldn't even breathe. Anyway, herniated L4, L5. His solution was more Soma, more Vicodin. <laughs> and if it doesn't improve in a few days, he can either shave off the disc or give me an epidural. Well, wow. shaving the disc wasn't an option for me and sticking a needle in my spine wasn't either. So it's like I have to come up with another modality. So I have a like naturopath, um, nurse, holistic guru in San Diego that I work with. And I called him up and we started these exercises and these different modalities and, you know, stretching and working out and doing yoga and doing Qigong and all these things. My back is perfect. I have never, I've strengthened my back and never had to go down Vicodin, Soma or surgery. Like, why would you shave somebody's disc if you didn't have to without trying these other modalities first? And it's never the go-to first. So this traditional way, our healthcare system, the way it is right now, is, is really making us sicker and never looking at the cause. There's always, I mean, I, I was taking Vicodin and I was taking Soma, but I was not fixing the root cause of the problem. Of the, of the injury. Ever. Oh, you're not fixing the injury. You're not healing think, the injury. You're medicating the symptoms of the injury. Exactly. And I think with with so many of our patients, it's the same thing. That mm. it's just give me a pill for that. And when you think about by the time we get sick with something, whatever it is, whether it's a back or, you know, hypertension, diabetes or anything, how long did we do activities that got us to that point? It's not a quick fix. It's not a pill that's going to fix it overnight. It's not going to fix it overnight. It takes time. You know, my guy in San Diego told me, I was, how long is it going to be till, we feel, till I feel better? Well, it took you like 55 years to get here. It's going to take a year or two till you feel better. So, you know, we have to like slow down. Yeah. I remember, I think in pharmacy school, I was learning that most back injuries are a result of, you know, years and years of, of repetitive motions. And there's the, the way that DOs and, and osteopathic surgeons and chiropractors have been trained for years, uh, you know, those surgeons are actually commonly recommending acupuncture along with um, the rest of their post-surgical physical therapy uh, and care. And I think also there's supplements, there's meditations, you know, there's Qigong, there's movement practices that don't look like going to CrossFit or, you know, lifting weights in the gym that can still be really beneficial. And, you know, I think that's, that's probably what what we really need to be focusing on with our patients is helping them to avoid getting to the point to where they need the medicines, they need the surgery. You know, if those 
are the final options, not the first line therapy. Um, and having having a a program or an offer in place so that we have a way of dealing with that to to be able to help them make those healthy changes. And again, it's not done in seven minutes. So it's what we're we're here to to really talk about today. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. We hope you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you miss something, you can listen again or just read the transcript of the show on our website at mishrxconsulting.com forward slash podcasts. If you have a spare minute, don't forget to give us a review or rating on iTunes. Remember to practice on purpose. You're a rock star pharmacist and healthcare provider. And in the words of Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. The Conscious Pharmacist podcast is a production of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, your HIV pharmacist and pharmacy experts.